Iowa's Newsworthy Past is a project imagined and curated by me, Kristen Noonan, a newly minted librarian. With help from Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, I come through an encyclopedic, handy-dandy, Iowa Historical Newspaper Library Guide to select stories and record myself reading them out loud all in my basement. The music you're listening to right now is by Iowa City's Blake Shaw, and the music you're about to notice in the background is by Memphis resident Brendan Lee Spengler. Tune in and out as your time allows, and please enjoy your totally free, no strings attached, last from the past. It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to February 13th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Today we'll be in Peterson, Iowa. So let's turn our attention to the Peterson Patriot on February 13th, 1919. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll! Letters from our overseas boys. Burl Haight, Art Larson, and Louis Snyder tell of experiences across the pond. St. Cosme, France. January 19, 1919. Dear Peterson friends, by the time this reaches you, we may be on the way home. We are now located near Lamaus, France, waiting our turn to go through the camps there to get equipment and to be decoutied. Thousands go through daily, so when our division gets orders to move in, it will not be long before we are home. That word home means much more to all the AEF than it ever did before. Now we use it as meaning the U.S. France has many pretty places, and if we had the liberty of tourists, I'm sure we would have much praise for her scenery and cities. As it is, most of us have seen nothing but the poorest farming districts and the part called no man's land. The farming implements consist of an old-fashioned reaper, McCormack, about 1850 model, homemade wood harrow, 8-inch clumsy plow, and a few horse collars. Ropes are used as traces. They have quite a variety of wagons. One kind is very light with shafts, has what they think is a hay rack on it. It is a rack but has the dimensions of a U.S. wagon box. Another common wagon is a heavy two-wheeled affair with shafts. The wheels are from four to six feet high and the pieces forming the shafts run clear back under the box. Many of those pieces are 20 feet long, five inches wide and four inches thick and are of hard wood. The horses are always strung out, one ahead of the other. No matter if they use four at one time, you never see them hooked in good old U.S. style. In this part of France, two lines are used some, but over where we trained before going to the front, the two lines were never seen. In that section, they had just ordinary horses, but here they have fine heavy draft stock. 
In Belgium is where we saw the good horses. I'll never forget a pretty pair of sorrels we saw come over from the Botch Hines one day. They were in fine and would weigh 2,000 each. Evidently, they had been driven away by Jerry as he retreated and in some way got loose and came back. There were just enough shells coming over to keep them prancing down the road just as if they were being driven. It is a heavy three-wheeled outfit without tongue or shafts. Nowhere in this country, outside of the army, do they seem to know anything about a tongue on any vehicle. Dogs are used a great deal in Belgium. It was a common sight to see two or three dogs hitched to a two-wheeled cart hauling the weight of one or two men to town. The Belgian people were very kind to us partly due to the fact that they had spent about four years behind the line. We were on what was Botch territory four years, for about six weeks. Many Belgians told us great stories of the way their food had been stolen. As a rule, they said they were treated fine if they were careful of what they said when the officers were around. I made special effort to find out if the American Belgian Relief Society had been able to help them out any. Everyone I mentioned it to said that the Americans were very kind to them and that many would have starved without that help. One fellow at Mullabuck, who had spent several years at Philadelphia, said, Yes, you helped us very much. At least half of us behind the lines would have starved to death if we had not had your help. Prices were very high, of course. Eggs were one franc each and many times could not be bought at all. In Dunkirk, I hunted three hours for eggs and paid three francs, about 55 cents, for two, fried. I passed through the city of Ypres where hardly a wall is standing and before the war it was a city of several thousand. We passed over towns that had been about the size of Peterson but all that remained was the name of the town, in German, on a signboard, and a few scattered bricks and stones. Back from the lines, the towns were not so badly wrecked, but one is surprised at the number, number of G.I. cans it takest to ruin a town. The first hundred makes it look sick, but the next hundred does not change it very much. I did not get to see very much action, but was headed in again when the armistice was signed. We were on the front November 11th. Our outfit went into action the morning of September 26th. It is impossible to tell all that happened the next few days, but we took all our objectives and lots of guns and provisions. October, I was back in a hospital waiting for the surgeon to take a small piece of German shell out of my head. Our company came off the front on October 11th, I think with that about 30 men. We had 160 when we went in, so I guess they did some real fighting part of the, the time, but I must not say any more about that, as it is a common saying here. If he says a lot about the front, we can bet he saw very little of it. And the next couple sentences were damaged, 
So I'm going to continue reading at the part that is no longer damaged and it's just in the middle of a sentence. Just a tip. Brussels, but turned back when we were about eight hours from it. On the way back, we had several hard hikes, but the one from Hugeldi to Ostlevturen was about all we could stand on those cobblestones. I was carrying two blankets, one we were supposed to carry, shelter, half, toilet articles, 100 rounds of ammunition, pistol, rifle, raincoat, and overcoats we wore. Rather a heavy load for a 34-kilometer hike, but we landed there yelling, Powder River. 34 kilometers is about 21 miles. We celebrated New Year's by moving to France, came through Versailles just outside Paris. I have been very near gay pace three times, but never been able to see the city. Saw the Eiffel Tower at a distance. I would like to see Paris, but if we can get home sooner by not going to see it, see it, I want to stay as far from it as possible. New York is the spot I want to see next. We may be taken to Camp Lewis to be discharged, so it will take some time after we get home to really be able to get home. The church in this town was built in 1605, about the time the first settlements were being made in what is now the U.S. The church is very large, considering the size of the town. It is larger than any church in Spencer, and the town is smaller than Peterson. Have seen several buildings that were built in 1100. France has wonderful roads, and they are well kept, although labor is scarce. They are built of crushed rock, and along the road about every 20 rods, one finds a pile of rock. When a hole begins to show in the road, it is filled up at once. Up near the front, the roads are just a chain of shell holes. Before coming over here, I thought one would see crippled soldiers everywhere in this country, but one does not. Have been in this town over two weeks and have seen but one cripple, who was hurt in the war. Several prisoners have returned to this town lately. There are several bulk prisoners working on farms around here without guards. Most of them are very young. Have had no cold weather, but it has rained half of the time. Ground froze last night. We are in a good billet, so we do not care how cold it gets have a fireplace, and we know where there is an unguarded pile of wood. I often wonder if the Peterson soldiers were fortunate enough to get over on this side, and how many of them never will return. We get very little news of any time. Newspapers are almost a curiosity to us now. We do know that President Wilson is over here. He ate his Christmas dinner in a little village, Montaigne-le-Roy, five kilometers from where we spent our two months before going to the front. The flu at home has caused about as much talk among the AEF as the war did. We wonder who it will take next. My candle is burning low, and I must save enough of it to get up for revelry, so I must say, Bonsoir, Sergeant Burl J. Height. 
Co. C. 362 Inventory, American EFAPO 776. Society and Clubs, The Ladies' Aid, met Wednesday. The Ladies' Aid held their regular meeting Wednesday afternoon at the home of Mrs. Sam Tillenhast with Mrs. Walter Rung and Mrs. Tillinghast as hostesses. Kensington Club meets. Mrs. Herbert G. Morrison was hostess to the members of the Kensington Club last Thursday afternoon, who spent the afternoon socially and with fancy work. A delicious lunch was served at the close of the afternoon. Mrs. Roy Jaringan of Spencer was a great, was a guest from away. Influenza has once more hit Sioux Rapids. Sioux Rapids is suffering its third wave of the influenza epidemic. Mrs. C. E. Ryder and Miss H. J. Ackley have died of the disease. There is talk of closing all public meeting places, schools, etc. for an indefinite time. Why not have a band in Peterson? Most every town around Peterson has its band. We have just as good material for a good band as will be found in any town of our size, and there is no reason why we all should not pull together and have a band here that we can well be proud of. The boys are willing, as we understand it, to organize if the people will stand by them. We should not ask them to give their time and then have to get down in their pockets and pay for the music that they use and spend a hundred or more dollars for instruments. This will draw people to our town who never come this way and who knows but we may be able to make them our permanent customers. Let us get into the collar and do something for Peterson. Let us at the same time do something for the people who live near our town in the way of good wholesome entertainment. They will appreciate it and we will be able to get closer together and understand each other better. Soil service days on February 17, 18, 19, and 20. Three years ago, a soil survey was taken in Clay County. These soil maps have been published and been distributed throughout the county. By this survey, we found the different types and kinds of soils which nature has provided for us in this community. Chemical analysis tells us the kinds and amounts of the different plants' food elements in the soil, but it does not tell how well plants will thrive on these soils. Therefore, pots and field experiments have been run with these soils after they were treated with different fertilizers. The results of these tests being compared with untreated soil. Is our $250 land going to continue to return us 5% interest on the investment? It is rather doubtful unless we take better care of our land than we have in the past. How much fertility have you hauled from your farm? What will it cost you to buy it back? Figuring nitrogen at 25 cents, phosphorus at 20 cents, and potassium at 10 cents per pound. There will be an exhibit at each meeting showing the representative soil types of the county, soil maps, blueprints of experimental fields, bulletins, etc. The problems which especially concern the local farmers will be considered, such as liming, use of phosphorus, organic matter, and inoculation, etc.
etc. Professor Furtkins, Soil Specialist of the Extension Department, will be with us to aid in the discussion. Come to these meetings. Everyone is cordially invited. Meetings will start on time, 2 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. February 17 afternoon, Everly. February 17 evening, Royal School. February 18 afternoon, Peterson. February 18 evening, Webb School. February 19 afternoon, Dickens. February 19 evening, Spencer Courtroom. February 20 afternoon, Langdon. Charles W. Martin, County Agricultural Agent. Lost, found, for sale. Bring in your old iron. I will buy for a while at from $4 to $5 per ton. William Steffens. Wanted to buy a black mare two to four years old to be sound and large and a good individual. Inquire at this office. For sale. My property in the east end of town. All modern, one block from schoolhouse. C.H. Brockshink. For sale. Ford Touring Car in good running order. Inquire of John Reed, Peterson, Iowa. For anything in the nursery line, send your order to W.A. Lawrence at Royal. We are prepared to do general vulcanizing and solicit your patronage office at the McFarlane residence, W.H. McFarlane and Son. Notice. We will remove your dead animals free of charge, cattle, horses, sheep, calves, and colts. Also hogs weighing 150 pounds or over. Hides must be on the animals. All calls will be promptly answered. Peterson Rendering Works. That's it for February 13th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, thanks for listening. Hey, if you liked your ride, remember that you can follow me on Instagram at Iowa's Newsworthy Past. If you didn't like your ride, well, maybe you will tomorrow.